Welcome to the Agency X podcast. Today, David and I spoke about iOS 15 and those updates and how it's impacting email marketing. We touched a bit on how it impacts uh, social media ad spend as well, uh, but we really wanted to focus on uh, what brands could be doing on the email marketing side and how they should also be focusing on testing and optimizing their store for conversions. This episode is sponsored by Gorgeous. Gorgeous is the number one e-commerce help desk that lets you manage and respond to messages from your site, social, email, and SMS all in one platform. They have built-in automations to handle common queries like order tracking and save your team time and money. Get a free month by clicking the link in the description and elevate your customer experience today. You're listening to the Agency X Podcast. I'm your host, John Sertakowski, founder and CEO at Avex, a New York City-based e-commerce agency for high-growth D2C brands. As always, I'm joined by our e-commerce strategist, David Anzalone. Our goal is to provide some insight into e-commerce, technology, design, and everything in between. Let us know what you think of today's episode and make sure to visit our website, avexdesigns.com. Welcome to the Agency X Podcast. I'm your host, John Sertikowski, founder and CEO at Avix. Uh, as always, joined by David, our e-commerce strategist. How's it going, David? Hey, John. How's it going? Been a, good, been good. a minute since we recorded a, an episode, so glad to glad to be firing it up. I know, I know. We have a few that are in the hopper that are going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks, so no one's going to know that we took a little hiatus. It's all good. Um, we, today we're talking a bit about a kind of hot topic that is impacting some of the brands that we work with and just the e-commerce industry in general. Um, so iOS 15 updates and uh, how it's impacting digital marketing, email marketing, uh, and what brands could do to kind of prepare for it and, and just kind of know what's coming and and how to navigate this landscape. Yeah, and in addition to that, a little bit about 14.5, which preceded it. Both updates really focus on giving users control over um, like their data privacy and tracking, because what holistically what both updates did was allow users to control what apps and emails um, you know, collected from them uh, with iOS 14.5, it was about app data, um, which, you know, using probably the most prevalent example, Facebook, uh, that's what people were most concerned mm-hmm. about, especially e-commerce merchants was affecting the accuracy of attribution. Because, you know, thinking about it, right, when you have a huge bombshell like this, where essentially the message is, Apple is rolling out an update that is going to make it more difficult for you to track attribution and, um, you know, conversion rate from ads. Uh, And it goes deeper than that, but high level, as far as most e-commerce merchants will be concerned, that's really the big focus. The concern makes sense because not only does it affect inside opportunities by the less data you collect, the, you know, less you have to use when making decisions. And then, as I just said before, attribution accuracy, if you can't know with certainty that your efforts paid in organic or generating an ROI, that's of course going to cause understandable frustration. And I think having seen, you know, following it and following it very closely on LinkedIn from announcement to application to then outcome, uh, I think it's a very predictable 
Um, overall behavior, I'm sure you've seen the same thing on your LinkedIn too, John, where at first, you know, it's people, you know, criticizing Apple or, you know, lamenting like, oh, like this is the end of this, like this is the end of Facebook ads, this is the end of email. And then it starts getting rolled out and you're finding that these systems are, um, you know, they're creating ways of complying with it, but you know, still getting that information and people realizing it's not as bad. And they're like, well, you know, it's actually not terrible now that I think about it. So um, I'm not sure if you saw that in your feed, but that was definitely very apparent on mine. Yes, I agree, especially with um, providers like Klaviyo and some others releasing um statements about it about how it could be a positive thing and it's it's kind of the next step and i'd like to actually you know everything you brought up is important as far as attribution and collecting data i'd like to even take a step back or look at it from a different view for a second and that's from an internet and overall privacy lens like kind of looking at it through that so to be honest, the internet is still in its infancy. Um, things like even the smartphone, smartphone, like Apple only released the iPhone in 2007. That wasn't that long ago. We're not talking about multiple decades. Um, I see a lot of these privacy controls being passed over to the customer as a bet as as a positive thing of course there's going to be some short-term concerns but we need to all look to where the internet is going in the future right so like widespread internet adoption is really just i would say the past like 15 years or something or even less like before that yeah people had internet but it wasn't what it is today e-commerce is even more in its infancy and has so much to grow up um so i think Companies like Apple are taking a step forward to say, hey, look, we know that privacy, we're getting ahead of this. Privacy is a concern of customers. You have all these apps that really um, collect so much data and they rely on all this data. Um, it's not going to last forever. So I think this is something that was just inevitable. Now, how brands react to it is and how providers like SaaS products like Klaviyo and some others react to it, I think is going to be very important because the days of like just spitting up a drop shipping product and targeting the heck out of it with Facebook ads, those days are eventually are like, it's not going to be real. It's not going to be a thing that you could do as easy as it was like three to five years ago or even less or even just like last year. Um, I think what we're taking a step forward here is the brands that are focusing on brand building, the brands that are developing really great companies or they're going to be the ones that stand out um, because they're going to be able to kind of navigate through this. They're not only relying on just targeting ads. So I think, um, I think it's going to really help the brands that are trying harder and the ones that are doing good things. I think it's going to actually benefit them uh, where it might be a little tougher for newer brands who rely on that amplification of paid ads to be able to get to the right people. So I think depending on where you are as a brand, it's going to impact you a bit differently. Sure. And these updates are really nothing new. Um, you know, if you can recall a while back, right, with 
Google, they're always updating how they rank SEO. And most of their updates are designed to dissuade and even penalize people for using, you know, CD tactics, like, you mm-hmm. know, uh, having like, you know, white text in the background, uh, repeating like a keyword, which, you know, worked for a time, but didn't benefit the user. Again, it was very gimmicky. And so Google, they strive, um, and you see this too with uh, Google ads, with how they do like ad quality ranking, that it's not so linear anymore where, you know, we, we don't even really know how a lot of these systems rank uh, performance. We, what we do know, and this is where I think the, the future of, uh, you know, tracking and ranking algorithms are heading, is I think we're getting to a point where we never will and probably never should understand how these systems work and how they calculate and rank performance. But what we do know is that it's based on a a combination of, um, you know, metrics and data points that are overall benefiting the user. I mean, with, with Google, right, again, going back to that example for SEO and paid ads, we have, uh, you know, ad quality or just content, content quality for the SEO side. It's all about the, like the quality of, information and how much it benefits the the user and customer experience overall and well of course back then it was harder to create you know things that could actually objectively measure that um you know a lot of these companies are doing things that you and i can't even fathom that's going to benefit everybody because when you think about it the people that are affected most negatively from these updates are the people that are resorting to these you know gimmicky hacks to gauge performance. Um, You know, this is true with both email and ads. And any update that forces positive change to best practices is going to benefit everyone overall. You're correct in that it's going to be harder, right? Like, um, is it going to make it more difficult for everyone? Yes, but it's going to force people to care about what they should be caring about all along, which is, you know, um, optimizing the user journey, both on-site, off-site, mm-hmm. and improving the overall customer experience. And with so that, you know. I I agree with you and disagree with you with the Google uh, like updates, things like that. I, I definitely agree with you where like like the updates Google made made it harder for people practicing like black hat SEO. However, Google like keeps adding more and more. Um, like ad placements to their search results where it's basically like there's only like five search results that are organic on the first page of Google. And that kind of sucks where it does make it harder, but there's also also websites that got really penalized, even though they weren't practicing poor tactics. So I, I do kind of agree, but like Google is going to rely on just making money off of those ads and tracking and people. So like they're less concerned with privacy. Whereas like, Apple, I I really do believe, I'm sure they're going to find a way to monetize it, but I really do believe that they actually have the, the, the customer's interest uh, and the, the, the user's interest in, in, in mind, like with these privacy updates. I don't think Google cares much about the actual customer's like privacy or experience. I think that they more care about Yes, making sure ads are targeted properly because they're going to convert more and they're going to have more click-throughs. That means more money for them. I don't know yet what Apple's like financial 
gain is going to be from this, uh, other than maybe people signing up or, or buying into the Apple Apple ecosystem because there's better privacy with it. So I, I kind of, <laughs> I know they're like the biggest company in the world, but I, I tend to trust Apple more than Google. Yeah, and this, this, this honestly, this is a much larger conversation that mm-hmm. obviously doesn't have to do with e-commerce merchants. I mean, when you think about it with Apple, what do they gain from it? It's, uh, I, I, I myself don't know, and I haven't really thought per se, but what I do know is that Apple hasn't really done anything that has impacted them negatively financially because while they do collect a lot of data, like, you know, Apple does collect a lot of first party data that they, that they use internally and, um, they don't officially sell it. I mean, they, I think they do give it to the U S government. Um, there's a lot of speculation (laughs) with that, but, but again, they don't make any money from email and they don't make any money from ad revenue in the same way that Google does. So that, so by making, so for example, if, Google or Facebook were to roll out updates on their platform like this, it would be it would be so very strange because they'd be cannibalizing their their own efficacy. Whereas destroying Apple's it, not that's, doing they'd it be destroying it. That's what they. That's their core primary business is collecting data and basically selling it in some way, shape, or form. That's what they. Right. That's why. That's why Facebook is, you know, fighting this so hard. And you know, this is a huge part of their business. Like they're going to take a huge financial hit, probably billions of dollars. Right. Yeah. And that's, again, that's why Apple can do that. So, so well. So when, you know, it's about, you know, what does Apple gain from it? It makes them, not only does it make them look good, it also doesn't affect them negatively. It's affecting other platforms negatively, right? Again, like Google and Facebook, but Apple's not doing it in a self-sacrificing way. They're just like, yeah, this is a good, you know, like the user's privacy, it's like great. Um, and that's a good thing that they can have for their brand and it helps their own image, but it's not doing anything that's affecting them negatively. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not going to try to get into what companies really do. I just, um, you know, I don't think any company does anything really from the benefit of, of anyone per se. I mean, there's, again, much larger conversation and there, there's a rabbit hole that we could go down that we obviously don't <laughs> need to. But overall, um, I, I think with that, John, if you want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, iOS 15, because with 14.5, in all honesty, uh, you know, it hasn't, you know, let's remove Google from it because Google isn't affected that much at all. But Facebook, they, with their like conversion API and, and changes to their platform, they've found ways to not completely get around or, or, or like bypass these updates, but they've done things that have helped with it. And with implementation methods like server side tracking versus, you know, traditional client side tracking, um, you can collect generally more accurate data because these different, um, events are passing through an environment that you own versus uh, a browser. So that's actually a little bit more of a controlled, um, mm-hmm. you know, problem. At least it's gotten at this point. But with iOS 15, it's a little bit different because the things that have been affected by it, there's not a lot of ways actually around that. Um, and with that, I'll kind of let you talk about that. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, look, from from my point of view, when it comes to like Facebook and Instagram ads, we don't really do that. So it's not impacting us directly. Indirectly it is because, you know, the brands that we work with might see a hit. Um, However, 
I would love to kind of shift over to the iOS 15 updates, how it impacts email. Um, but before we do that, like I think that the number one things brands could be doing right now is double downing on, um, you know, still running your ads. Of course, you could still run your ads. Not everyone uses Apple phone, so you could still be able to run those uh, the, those paid ads. You might have to, you know, try a different approach. But I think, you know, SEO long term that should always be something that's important, and even more so now. Focusing on omni-channel, focusing on brand building, you know, just have different avenues. Don't just rely on one channel to drive traffic to your site. And of course, optimizing your site for conversions because it's going to cost more to get customers to your site or you might not be as targeted. You want to make sure that they actually convert. So how can you personalize things on your site? How can you um, optimize it for conversions? But iOS 15's update, that's the mail privacy protection update, which... Honestly, I use the iPhone, but I don't even use the Mail app. I'm sure millions of people do, but you know, a lot of people also don't. So just because you have an iPhone doesn't mean it's going to completely impact you. But and it is something that users have the option to, I think, opt out of. So they're going to be asked. Most people, I'm sure, are going to opt in for it for more protection. Um, but with the iOS 15 update, users will have the option to. Um, load remote content privately and not disclose their IP addresses. So what what does that mean? So the results of that will be that the senders will have the ability to block, I'm sorry, the, the receiver has the, the customers that is, has the ability to block their senders view to see if they were tracked, if it was forwarded, uh, and it could also mask the customer's IP, right? Which we know like that's how you determine their physical location. So it's going to be a lot harder to segment customers and target them based off of actual location. It's going to be near impossible to see if they open the email. So I think that really is going to impact testing subject lines, testing the pre-headers, um, even time of day and location and things like that. It's going to be harder to test them. Does it mean you can't reach them? No, but it's going to be harder to test them. Um, and there's another update in there that um, I'm not sure ex of Apple's exact term for it, but I think it's called like hide my email. Um, and that has a few issues for marketers and brands. Um, first, there's it's not extremely easy to tell if a new email signup is legitimate and real um, because it could essentially be like a burner email address. So you could kind of use like a dummy email address um, and that's going to cause some deliverability issues. So people could sign up for those pop-ups for 10% off and then, you know, basically get rid of the email, right? So that is a bit of a problem. Uh, and subscribers can actually delete that email address and then there's going to be bounce rates in the future. So I do see um, a lot of issues with brands getting um, some bounce rates in the future from from newer signups. Um, and I think I knew things like Clavio have like um, uh, like automatically being able to purge those hard bounces, removing them. So like that's the the email platforms have some protection against that. But what can customers kind of start doing right now before the, these updates roll out and before it starts to impact everyone? 
do A-B testing and test the subject line, see what's worked, track what's working and what's not. And you're going to want to get as much data as you as you can now and, get as, and look at the data you've collected in the past and start implementing those things. Because essentially for things like testing um, the subject lines and seeing what worked as open rates, um, locations, certain segments, like you're, you may run into some problems where you're not collecting that data in the future for everyone. So your, your data is going to be skewed a bit. Um, but it's better privacy for customers and less targeted type of ads, less spamming. So I think it's going to be better for everyone. Um, but yeah, I think there's certain things that you can do right now to kind of collect as much data as possible before this starts to impact. Is this going to be the end of days for email? Definitely not because does it really matter if someone opened the email and didn't click through and buy it? I guess that means you had a good subject line, but doesn't necessarily mean that it's impacting your bottom line. No, you know, what you really want to track is that user coming to your site. Now you could collect more information on them and, and, and AB test and uh, personalized experiences for them. And if you have a great product and a great brand, uh, it, it shouldn't be impacting you so much. That is very True, right? I mean, I think we've both been saying this entire time because it, it is true that, yes, short term, you will be nuisanced by uh, having to, uh, you know, be, having to, you know, change what you're doing to see results, right? And with email, I guess more so with thing with bounce rate, which I actually didn't realize that that's that I could see being really annoying because when you think about it in certain ways, uh, just going back to the fourteen point five for a second, uh, do you have do you have like an Apple Watch by any chance or any kind of fitness tracker? I, I do. I have the Apple Watch. Right. So in certain ways, uh, you know, if you work out, and you know, when I work out, I like to put on the fitness tracker, um, knowing that it's probably not the most accurate, but it's still something I like to have. Uh, even doing it when like going on walks. And recently I've started to not do that as much because realistically, regardless if your watch is tracking your workout or not, you still completed the workout. It still technically happened. You just don't have objective proof that it happened on, you know, on paper, uh, you know, metaphorically. Kind of the same with, with this situation. Um, especially with iOS 14.5 with 15, the, the email bounce thing, that's, that's a little bit different, but in terms of open rate, yeah, like people will still open the email. Like that still happens. You just don't get it. And it's also not affecting certain metrics like with Clavio, like click through rate or conversion rate uh, metrics that arguably matter a bit more. I, I was talking to Mo uh, who's our email marketing manager um, here and you know, she was saying that really one of the big changes was basically the end of subject line testing, which in my opinion is like, okay, like fine. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, an, I'm not an email person. That's not my area, but I don't know. I feel like subject line is a very shallow testing opportunity. Maybe it isn't, yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm not an email person. So I, I could be very wrong about that, but, um, yeah, it's not like the end of email. It's it's again it, what it's probably going to do is it's going to force people to folk care more about the content of their email because you know subject lines is I would say one of the big things on email that could easily or was is easily get gimmicky where you do like clickbait style mm -hmm. um, 
you know, clickbait style, uh, you know, messages to get people to open it. But really it's, you know, what the, the real overall goal is click throughs and purchases. And that focuses on the quality of your, um, you know, quality of what your email and content is. It's, it's the KPIs that matter, right? I mean, for, for you, John, you're, uh, beyond besides being the CEO, you basically spearhead sales at AVEX and, you know, at uh, certain places, right? Again, I'm not a salesperson either, but um, I do know at some other companies, they focus on like KPIs, right? That like mm-hmm. don't matter or like vanity metrics, like how often you spent on a phone call with prospects. Like some some companies, they're like, oh, you're not talking to prospects enough. Like your your win rate is up and your close rate's way up, but your time on the phone is down. And time on the phone, that, that really doesn't matter. Sure, it's like a KPI, but who cares? Um, I think in the same vein, this is going to for- force people to focus on the KPIs that actually matter and then doing practices that are going to, you know, that are going to contribute to it. Because again, in the future, these, so updates like this, like who knows what iOS 16 is going to do. I mean, for all we know, iOS 16 is going to do something that's really going to affect uh, yeah. e-commerce, e-commerce more, right? Like we have no idea because what Apple's doing is definitely setting a precedent for themselves and for others to give users control their own privacy. Because I think for the most part, a lot of people just don't know that that it's either a concern, like they, they're aware of the subject, but they don't really know or really have the power to control it. Because if you go to a website, you might have like an opt-in, opt-out uh, policy on your site, but it's usually stuffed at the bottom at like the privacy policy link and you never really navigate towards it. And when you see like that pop-up that says, hey, like, do you accept cookies and all that? Most people just click yes. And in a lot of ways, I feel like a lot of people, while some will opt out, most people by default will just be like, sure. I mean, whatever, track, track, you know, they, they, they don't care. So I, I would say overall, if you're a merchant who's been affected by this, because you inevitably will, and you're still concerned about it, Your concern is merited and warranted, but overall, the really important things is optimizing your, um, you know, optimizing your customer experience, user experience, making sure that you're testing things on the site and trying to really maximize your conversion rate, AOV, a lot of the KPIs that actually matter and will uh, generally be profitable because regardless of the ads and emails you run, where are you running them to? You're running them to your website. You're going to want to optimize that experience. Don't think that the top of funnel is the end all be all because it's honestly not. And, you know, John, you and I know that extremely well, but it's very easy to forget that. So, yeah, I, I do think that customers care to an extent and some more than others. You know, I, I think that I think that's something that Apple is responding to and also kind of seeing around the curve that it's probably going to be something that gets, you know, that people start cracking down a little bit more on all of this. And you're right, who knows what's going to come out. But this update, you know, it's especially for email, I don't think it's the, the end of the end of the world and maybe it's going to impact a little bit. But to, to kind of double down on what you said, um, focusing on building 
a really great brand and having a great product, that should be your number one priority. Second, not, well, not second that, but equally to that too, you have to make sure that your site is optimized. You have to make it easy for your customers to buy and that if it becomes more costly and, and each visitor to your site becomes more precious, you're going to want to make sure that they have a personalized, optimized experience. Uh, and that's where conversion rate optimization really matters. That's where uh, focusing on average order value, lifetime value, uh, and making sure that those are the the metrics that you're that you're um, narrowing in on uh, and optimizing for. Those are all really good points overall. Um, it, it we we always circle back to the same one of the same takeaways is generally again in focusing on the user, the customer experience, the user experience, and then the quality of your content and offerings because that's that's really it. There's not a lot of magic bullets in the e-commerce world aside from that. And it's definitely easier said than done. Don't get me wrong. But with all these things going on with updates to like privacy and data tracking, as long as you don't lose sight of what actually matters and affects your bottom line overall, most brands should be able to navigate this without too much stress. Well, that's good to hear. All right. We're going to wrap it up for now. Um, Until next time, we have some interesting topics and guests lined up. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll keep you posted. Thanks so much, David. Yep.